Okay, it's live. All right. A good luck, everybody. Um, I want to share with you a story of the Baal Shem Tev. And although any story of the Baal Shem Tev could have happened, it's this story I'm going to share with you actually is a story that happened. The previous Shabbat writes the entire story with great detail. And it's story relevant to this week. This week is Lagba Omer. And Lagba Omer, as I mentioned on Friday, is a day when tremendous miracles and blessings happen. And especially it's a time for blessings for children. But not only is it a blessing for biological children, God forbid uh, someone hasn't been blessed with biological children and every Lagboma that comes may remind them of, you know, they weren't in, among those lucky people who have actual biological children. There's another element like Lagboma, which is education of children. And the Gemara says that by teaching another person Torah, just the fact that you help another person study Torah, that, that person who you taught Torah to is considered like your child. And not only if you actually taught them Torah yourself, but even if you assisted someone else to teach them Torah, uh, that child who studied Torah because of you, or not just a child, any person who studied Torah because of your efforts, they are considered like your, uh, your, like your children. So the following story is a story of the Baal Shem Tev about this theme. The power of Lagba Omer is not only regarding biological children, but also regarding Jewish pride and education. And this is a story about a couple which were not blessed with biological children and were directed by the Baal Shem Tev to have a merit in educating children in general, educating people in general. And it's an incredible story. A story like this. Friedrich writes every single detail of the story and uh, down to the words of the conversations. And of course, it's like going in a time machine because you hear every single part of the story. It's, it's, it's a direct tradition from Rebbe to Rebbe. And we have the merit of, of like reliving a, a actual. I don't know how to uh, work. Okay, one second. Maybe I should put us on airplane mode for a second. Hopefully, and I'll put on Wi Fi, and then I won't get this to my full call. So let me do that in a second. He was 28 years old, and he and his wife were married, married for many years without children, and uh, they were well-to-do. They used to give a lot of tzedakah, and they specifically uh, would help the Baal Shem Tev with various things that were important to Baal Shem Tev. They, uh, for example, contributed to the Pidyan Shvuim Fund to help people. Unfortunately, many Jews couldn't afford to pay rent, were put in prison by the various Polish landowners. And the Meshach Shlema would contribute especially to that fund, Talba Baal Shem Tev, to release various people. And in general, the Friedrich writes, he was a very devoted chassid. He did whatever the Baal Shem Tev asked him to do with, with great joy. And for 15 years, he and his wife are, are married without children. 
I can't see you. Put, put, put the lights on. Put the lights on. Who are you? Been married without children 15 years. Oh, so uh, they're married for 15 years without children. And every time they asked Baal Shanta for, for blessing for children, Baal Shanta would bless them with wealth and success. And it bothered them because they wanted a child. And after this, this went on for 15 years. And they were successful in business. And because of their business, they were able to uh, hire many people and help a lot of Jews get a, get a comfortable livelihood. And everyone loved them. And everyone, all, all the Chavrai Kadisha, all of the Hasidim loved them. They were, they, they were extraordinary in Chassas in, in and having guests and, and, very, and very God-fearing people and very, very generous uh, people. And everyone loved them. So not only did they ask the Baal Shem for brachas, but all of their friends would go to the Baal Shem and ask the Baal Shem for brachas for them. So 10 years pass, and they still don't have any children, and all their friends are going to Baal Shem This is like this now 25 years after their chasna. They got married, at, he was 28, 25 years after their chasna, and, and, and they don't have any children, and they're very upset. And all the, their friends are asking the Baal Shem for blessing for children, and Baal Shem is not answering them. And what happens is, is that after 25 years, one summer, the Baal Shem Tev calls them uh, to, to, he asks them to come visit him, he sends for them. They come to the Baal Shem Tev and the Baal Shem Tev asks them, um, I see that you're very upset. Why are you so upset? God blessed you with wealth. God blessed you with a good heart, both of you. You're doing a lot of tzedakah and with a good eye, with generous spirit. <clears throat> so why are you so upset? So they both blurted out to Baal Shem from their heart. They cried to Baal because we don't have any children. So Baal Shem answered, and, the, and, and so what? So what? You don't have children, so what? So Ramesha Shlema and his wife said to Baal Shem why do we need all this great wealth that God has given us if we don't have a son or a daughter? After we live in this world, nothing will remain. So Baal Shem said that tomorrow, he and a few of his students are going to go on a trip. He would like them to accompany him. Next morning, the Baal Shem chose 10 of his Hasidim to join him on a trip. And the Meshach Shlema, he was wealthy and he took fine wagons to uh, to bring the Baal Shem Tev and his students on this trip. The Baal Shem Tev went in a wagon by himself in the front, and Meshach Shleiman and other Hasidim went in different wagons, and a whole entourage of wagons went together, led by the Baal Shem Tev's wagon in the front. They traveled, and they would stop off at various places, and each place they stopped, Meshach Shleiman would give staka to the various institutions wherever they stopped and help individuals, and they're traveling for uh, six days, they stopped up for Shabbos somewhere. On the sixth day of their journey, they um, they uh, arrive at the uh, at a certain town uh, near Brody. A certain town near Brody. The Frigo doesn't say the name of the town. A certain town near Brody. And they stop the wagon. The Balshanda stops his wagon in front of a certain house. And all of the Chavrai Kadisha, you know, he's his wagon in the front, and he goes out of the out of the uh, wagon. And uh, they all go in, into this house, and the uh, Baal Shem Tev 
uh, had his own room, and all the every every everyone else was in another room, and they rested from the journey a little bit. And after resting from the journey, the Baal Shem Tov said that they're going to go to the city, go out into the city. They leave the house, they come in, they go into the street, and the accompanied with Rabbi Shlomo and his wife and these ten students of the Baal Shem Tov, they're walking together. And they see a group of children playing in the sand. So Balshantiv walks over to this group of children and he asks one of the children, one of the boys, group of boys, he says, he says to one of the boys, What's your name? And the boy says, My name is Baruch Mesha. So Balshantiv asks a second boy, What's your name? He says, Baruch Mesha. He asks a third child, What's your name? Baruch Mesha. A fourth child, What's your name? Baruch Mesha. He asks a fifth child, What's your name? My name is Mesha Marthai. He asks a sixth child, what's your name? My name is Baruch so, so the Baal Shem Tev is about to leave this group of children and then a little girl hears a conversation and she says, and my name is Baruch And all the students of Baal Shem Tev are wondering about this. All the kids have the same name. Ramesha Shlema and his wife are also surprised what's going on, but no one had the temerity to go to ask Baal Shem Tev what's going on and they continue on. A small, a faint smile comes on the lips of the Baal Shem Tev, and his holy face is shining. Baal Shem Tev continues walking, and they're all following Baal Shem Tev. And as they're walking, they meet a little girl, and Baal Shem Tev asked her what her name was, and she says, my name is Brachaleya. In one of the streets, they see a group of, a group of girls playing, and Baal Shem Tev walks over to the... Uh, by the way, if you can't hear me, if the audio, audio isn't good, please let me know. Um, I'm using the Wi-Fi, and not always that does that work. You hear me? Okay. Yeah. So a little a group of little girls playing, and the Baal Shem Tov goes over to one little girl and says to her, uh, "In the group of girls playing, what's your name?" She says, "Brachaleya." And a second girl, "What's your name?" Brachaleya. Third girl, "Brachaleya." Fourth, fifth, and sixth girl, each the name "Brachaleya." And Baal Shem Tov continues on, followed by his students, followed by Rameshah Shlem and his wife. And they meet another child in the street. What's your name? He said, my name is Baruch Mesha. And they meet another girl in the street. What's your name? Baruch And as they're walking, they hear children studying together in a cheder, in a little, a little, you know, in the shtetl, used to have these little um, schools. So they see these children in the house studying together with their malamid, studying together with their teacher. And the Vashanda walks into the house. And the Malamid says, Aleichem Shalom, greeting the Baal Shem Tev, and the Baal Shem greets and responds, Shalom Aleichem. And the Baal Shem Tev asked the children in this cheder what their names are. There's about 20 kids in this, in this class. Six kids say our names are Baruch Meisha, Baruch Meisha, Baruch Meisha. And then the seventh child says his name is Baruch Avram, Meisha Yosef, Baruch Shmuel, Baruch David, Baruch Chaim, Baruch, Baruch Yitzchak, Baruch Shalom, Baruch Tuvia. Meshe Yitzchak, Meshe, Meshe Zachariah, Meshe Yisrael, Meshe Shlema. The students of Al Shem Tev were outside, but they were able to hear. They're talking to each other, and they're all wondering about this. And they, and they, and they, they said to them themselves, must be, that there was some incredible tzaddik who lived in this town, named the Baruch um, Meshe, and probably his wife's name was Brachaleya. And that's why everyone named their children after these great tzaddik. That's, that's, the, that's what they decided to themselves. That's what they thought this must have meant. And everyone was hoping that they should give these names to their children so that their children should also be tzaddikim too. They should also be in, go on the path of these great tzaddikim that must have lived there before. 
the Baal Shem Tev asks his teacher, how many schools, how many chadarim, how many cheders are there in this, in this city? And he says there's like 15. He told Baal Shem Tev where the various 15 schools are. Baal Shem Tev and those who are walking with Baal Shem Tev and Ramesh Shleim and his wife go to visit a few more schools. And there also Baal Shem Tev asked the names of each child, what the names are. And everyone is either Baruch Mesha or some other name, which is has Baruch or Mesha in it. Then they go to a yeshiva. In the yeshiva, there wasn't just the children from that village, but also from the surrounding surrounding areas. And there also, Hashem asked their, the children in this yeshiva, older boys, what's your name? And every child says his name is Baruch Mesha or some name that has Baruch or Mesha in it. So as they're walking, time for Mincha arrives, and Hashem goes into a little shul to Davin Mincha. After Mincha, Baal Shem Tev walks over to one man in the synagogue. And he asks him, why is it that everyone in this town names their children Baruch Meisha and all the girls are named Brachaleya? So the man responded, about 100 years ago, there was a man in this town named Isaac Shlema. Isaac Shlema was a butcher. He was very well-to-do, a successful butcher. And he was very generous. He used to uh, give... Uh, the rabbi and the Purushim, those who would dedicate themselves to Torah study, used to give them meat for free. And in general, he's a very, very generous person. And he and his wife didn't have children for many years. But finally, after 15 years after their wedding, they finally had a child. And they called the child Baruch Meisha. And this little Baruch Meisha grew up and he wasn't doing well in school. He really wasn't connecting to the school, really wasn't understanding anything in school. And his father, Rabbi Isaac Shleim, decided to take Baruch Meish and, and to apprentice him, to bring him into the business. And he brought his son into the business. And he raised his son in this business. And Baruch Hashem, uh, he, he, was, he was successful in the business with his father. And eventually, uh, Rabbi Isaac Shleim left the reins of the business to his son. He, the father, Rabbi Isaac Shleim, devoted himself to the study, Torah, and davening and kindness while his son ran the business. His son was very successful, even more than his father. And he gave Tzedakah even more than his father. And uh, they were, but they, they were alone. Baruch Meisha and his wife were alone because um, they never had any children. So after Rabbi Baruch Meisha's father passed away, uh, Rabbi Baruch Meisha and he and his wife don't have any children. And he wants at least to do something in his father's memory he wants to learn Mishnayis. His father was a, was, was, a, was a wise man. So you hire someone to teach him a mission, to teach him Mishnayis. And this guy is trying to teach him a Mishnah, but he cannot understand even one Mishnah. Even one mission doesn't go into his mind and he's thinking this is so terrible. I can't name a child after my father. And I can't even uh, study Torah in his merit because I can't study Torah. And he is in this synagogue and he is just upset and he's crying, so upset that he cannot participate in the, in the Torah study of, um, with, with, with everyone else. And he can't participate in, 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 in can't name a child after his father. He's very upset. So he's sitting there in the, in the synagogue and as he's sitting there, there is a class by a man named Reb Yitzchak. Reb Yitzchak was a school teacher and he was giving a class in the synagogue to Mincha Meirev and he was teaching these stories of the Talmud. He couldn't follow the stories of the Talmud that well either. But he's heard one line. The one line the Talmud was, it says in the Talmud, 
anyone who teaches someone else Torah, God considers it as if you gave birth to that person. If you teach someone Torah, God considers it as if that person is your child. So when he heard that, he started to cry even more. And after Mayrif, his friend, Shlomo Yitzchak, was also a school teacher. And Shlomo Yitzchak says to him, they start walking home together. And Shlomo Yitzchak could see that Baruch Meisha is very upset. He's wondering why he's so upset. And all of a sudden, Rabbi Meish just gives a very deep sigh. And his friend says to him, why are you, why are you sighing? What happened? So he says, Rabbi Meish says, what do you mean, why am I sighing? I, I want to name a child after my father. I can't. I want to study Torah. My father's married. I can't. And I just don't, now in the, in the synagogue, that, that if, you, if they could teach someone Torah, it's like having a child. I can't even teach anybody Torah. What am I supposed to do? So Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak realized that the Baruch Meshach didn't understand the mission, didn't understand what he learned, in, what he heard in the shul. It doesn't only mean if you teach him Torah directly, explain to Baruch Meshach. If you help another person study Torah, if you are able to facilitate another person studying Torah, it's just like you gave birth to them as well. Not only if you directly teach them, but also if you help someone else learn Torah. By the way, this reminds me a lot of uh, Mel Landau. Mel Landau built the yeshiva in uh, Florida. And I think, if I remember correctly, he, he, he was very so wealthy at one point, then he lost it, he lost his wealth, and he came by the Rebbe. The Rebbe said to him that every child in that school grows up knowing they're in Mel Landau's yeshiva. Anyways, so, so he comes home, Baruch Mesh comes home, and he meets his wife, and he tells his wife very excitedly how the Holy Gemara says that if you teach someone Torah, it's like you give birth to them. And his wife is so excited. That's great. Wow, we could have children. And they hire a malamit to teach children Torah. Anyone who wasn't present, presently, a lot of, you know, only the wealthy uh, families had, could hire their own malamit for their children. And many children, uh, the Freedom doesn't mention this in the story, but just in, in, in history, in Shtetl, not everyone's able to go to a, a cheder. wasn't always so possible. So he hired Malamid to teach children Torah. And his wife and him are very, very happy about this. Years pass. Baruch Meishu becomes even more wealthy. He started getting involved in cattle. Started buying and selling cattle. And he started giving more and more tzedakah. Becoming more and more successful. And Baruch Meishu and his wife, despite the fact that they were so wealthy, they still lived in the same small little house that they lived in when they got married. And they continued to give tzedakah and do kindness with their wealth for, and to hire people to teach children Torah. When they turned about 60 years old, they had hired 30 teachers to teach people that city and all the surrounding cities. They hired Malamdim, they hired people, 30 people teaching in various Chadarim in the entire region. So one day, Bracha Leah tells her husband to follow. She says, you know, it's fine. The Gemara says it's like you have a child. I believe that. But a parent has a merit that when, you, when the parent passes away, they're remembered. The child names their children after their parent. And, and, I, and, and we're not going to have that. We don't have any children. So Rabbi Baruch Meishad, the Freedom says this. He says he never, ever got upset at his wife. This is the first time he got upset at his wife. And he got upset and he said that, how could you say this, Brachalei? If the Holy Gemara says that if you have, if you teach someone Torah, 
it's considered as if you give birth to them. That means that all of the merits that parents have in by having children, the exact same merits you have if you still did someone else learning Torah. And the Friedrich said that most of the people living in this village uh, were all students of various schools that Rabbi Rachmeisha and his wife had started. And uh, the, the man telling the stories of Al-Shemtiv said that even the rabbi of the city and all, and all the teachers are also studied in the schools of Baruch Meshemei. So the man tells to Baal Shemtiv that 15 years have passed since Baruch Meshemei and his wife have passed away. They gave their wealth over to the rabbi and they wanted and to four other chachamim and they wanted their wealth to be divided in four parts. One part to be devoted to help uh, their relatives, one part to help poor people, one part to support the school teachers, and one part for loans. So all those people, Friedrich Rebbe says, who studied in the schools of Rabbi Baruch Meisha and his wife Baruch Aleya, they called their children Baruch Meisha, they called their daughters Baruch Aleya, and those who are already older, they ask their children to call their grandchildren Baruch Meisha or Rachaleya. And every year, on the day of the passing of Baruch Meisha and his wife Rachaleya, all the children, the rabbi is the chazan, and the, all the people visit the cemetery on their yard site, and just like children have the obligation to their parents, so to all the children who grew up and learned in their schools, they go to visit the, the gravesite of, of Baruch Meisha and uh, and it was after Meir was over, Valshantiv, this, this whole story is this man telling the Valshantiv the story, then they go back to the, where they were staying, they dive in Meir. After Meir was over, Ramesha Shleime and his wife and the 10 students of Valshantiv, they go back to where they're, they're staying, and Valshantiv turns to Ramesha Shleime and his wife and says to them, There's a Pasuk in the Torah that says, I will give you in my house and in my wall. Um, Yad Vashem, a name better than sons and daughters. Said the Baal Shem Tev, the word I will give you in my house. What does house mean? House, it means the Torah, which is called the house of God. And my wall is referring to the Jewish people because Jewish people are called the uh, fortified wall that protects the holiness of God's name. So Hashem says, I will give you in my name, in my house, meaning in my Torah. And in my wall, meaning among the Jewish people, I will give you a name, which is better than sons and daughters. It's a pasuk we say in the Torah on fast days. So I'll give you in my house and in my wall a, a name better than sons and daughters. A name that will never be erased. So Ramesha Shleim and his wife rejoiced listening to this. And they continued to do acts of goodness and kindness. And they hired school teachers to teach with children the Torah. And they lived long lives with wealth and glory. And they, many people in the town, after their passing, called their children Mesha Shlema, and they called their daughters Rivka, as an internal memory for Mesha Shlema and Rivka. And that's the story I wanted to share. And uh, it's like Bamer's coming, the time of tremendous bracha for Jewish people, time to do really amazing things and uh, bring bracha down. So uh, 
be a part of it. Rejoice in the joy of Shimon and uh, and let's celebrate Nishalim with Mashiach. That's all I want to share. Any questions, criticisms, any comments? Go ahead. If you're alive, say your name. Say say anything. Come on. And I feel like I'm talking to the wall. Thank you. What kind of prayer are we going to have? Huh? What kind of prayer? What? Pray. What kind of prayer are we going to have? What kind of prayer? That's, That's a good question. I will, uh, God willing, when we figure out what we're doing, we're going to put a, put a thing out. Mr. Shem, we're doing something special. But thank you for, uh, thank you for making it happen. Mr. Shem. Good to see your face. Good to we could put posters on cars and drive around. Mm. 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 Mm.